need some hand claps, right? We need some, some sound. There we go. There we go. If we were at the Apollo, we'd be tearing this place up. So right. I'm going to make some noise in here. All right. So a couple, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Right? So as we prepare for what is taking place, and I know right now we're in the in a time frame, of course, where technology has made it so um, easy for us to reach more people. And so to be able to have this opportunity to do such a thing as this podcast, tell me how do you feel about doing it and what made you actually decide that this is the way that you wanted to share your message and reach people? Why are you doing this particular thing as a podcast? You know, I, I realized uh, one thing for sure is that conversations actually lead the nation. And we say things like that and we think of it like it's a cliche, but the truth be told that when we have conversations, we unpack things that are intimate. And there are certain things that until you sit at the table with someone, until you sit down and actually hear out the heart of someone, you don't really understand them or know them. Yeah. So we often um, miss out on uh, really good moments because we won't have conversations. So I realized that God was shifting me uh, whenever I, I just looked out and seen that the world was just in a chaotic place and nobody would talk about it. And so I said, God, what do you want me to do? And God began to put this in my heart. He said, I've given you a mandate for communication. And he said, the way that you're going to branch into this next phase of your life as I take you into the world, because we have got to get beyond the church walls and take it out into the world. And so when God began to speak to me about it, he told me, he said, I want you to, I want you to coin this salutation and importations and I told the Lord I was like what what do you mean by that and you know he began to talk to me about you know what a salutation is it's a gesture or utterance uh, made as a greeting or an acknowledgement of another's arrival or departure and God said many people are in places where they're either arriving somewhere or they're departing from somewhere some of us are arriving in places we've experienced so much traumatic events. I mean, we've had it in our world, but in our families, we're experiencing so much trauma today. And so people are needing to make their passageway to places where there are safe rooms and safe places. And so I realized that God had given me this opportunity to open up my mouth and speak so that people, and also to provide safe rooms so that people can also speak themselves. And that's really powerful in the sense, now I'm from the North, Right. <laughs> and and I know we're, there really is a, an aspect of what we call southern hospitality. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so there's a, there's an aspect that when you use that word salutations, it takes me back to a place of remembering when we could have conversations, when when conversations were respectful, when we did actually greet each other and we had those moments where we connected whether it was across a meal, whether it was, you know, in a room sitting next to each other, where we had those moments of like, hey, hello, and that would open up a conversation there. So when I think about that sounds soothing to me, mm. welcoming to me, it mm. sounds like it's, a, it's an invite to say, come, let's talk about it, especially among us when you say, the church walls, getting outside the church because we are accustomed to being preached at. And I don't know about you, I'm one, I'm one of those yelling preachers. So you know, <laughs> when, you, when you raising your voice and you talking and people feel like you're just preaching at them and not really taking it in. But now to hear 
what you are expressing to be able to say, let's have a conversation, let's talk about it, sounds welcoming. So mm -hmm. that's an amazing, amazing way that God gave that to you to just let's talk about it. And podcasts are definitely making that possible. It is. So now when you think about now, because we're in the middle of a whole pandemic, mm -hmm. <laughs> we're in the middle where we have seen much grief, much suffering. We have seen a lot of things that have taken place. And if anybody needed to have conversations, it is definitely now. If we needed to talk through some things, to hear some things, to not be necessarily preached at, but to be able to talk through the trauma, because we have a world that is now full of trauma, have been impacted by what we say. So when I think about timing, <laughs> Timing. What what caused you to say now in the middle of this pandemic? You know, Apostle, we have to break the monotony. We mm -hmm. sometimes get in cycles and routines that mm -hmm. just don't work. And I think that what we've done in the church for so long, like you said, we preach that people mm -hmm. and people think that the anointing is in how loud you are. Uh -huh. We think we think it's all in the charisma that you carry yeah. uh, to have a conversation. I realized even as I would look around the room, as God would take me into different places to minister, that people didn't even have the capacity for conversations mm -hmm. because they were so used to texting and tweeting and Instagramming. Mm -hmm. And so they, when you start talking, and you're not yelling at them or, yeah. or talking strong to them, yeah. they fall asleep. <laughs> they, you know, they get, they, they See, start we, to, we like, look at, you just know, let's just check the audience real quick. <laughs> you know, people start checking out because yes. we, we have this idea that the more uh, rambunctious we are, yeah. uh, the, the more we are positioned for change. Mm -hmm. But the truth be told that yeah. we are renewed in the spirit of our mind and we yeah. have got to talk about these things. Yes. And if we don't open up dialogue, we're going to find ourselves in a situation. And even in the Bible, when you're walking through the Bible, you have to stop for a moment and meditate on it. Yes. If you don't meditate on the word, you don't transform. Come on. And so we got a generation of people that want to do drive by everything. Ooh. Ooh. And so we don't have conversations conversations that really yes. change us. We don't yes. have transformational conversations yes. and we don't even like to sit at the table anymore. Apostle, oh. I was thinking about this when you were saying that when I, when, when I go to Africa, we sit at the table. When I go to Africa, we don't we don't rush through. Yes. The salutation is so good, and it's an intimate connection. We don't try to bypass you yes. to get to the next. Yes. So you know, like our world is so, and particularly in the United States of America, we are living such a fast-paced oh, life. We don't please. stop until death happens. Come on. Come we on. don't stop until we find somebody in traumatic um, conditions and then we stop. We want prayer. Yeah. We want you to show up for the family's house when we had all the time in the world to sit around the table and we didn't think enough of each other to sit down. We were wow. always busy. You on my calendar and then you off my calendar as quick yeah. as you got on. Yeah. And we never met. Come on. Come we on. even take time to judge people before we know them. See, that's, this is the reason why communication is so important, so, because it, it takes off the table your idea about yes. somebody before you actually had an opportunity to meet yes. them. Yes. It would kill a whole lot a of lot. critical things that Come go on in our head that are assumptions Come about on. people that Come are really on. not true. Yes. <laughs> You know, so Apostle, when I think oh, about this, goodness. when God started talking to me about this, he said, 
you know, the salutation, the greeting, because there are so many people arriving in places right in the pandemic of Austin. Like, like, like um, Elder Tiffany was saying, like, we are blessed in a pandemic like we have never been blessed as the yes. body of Christ. Yes. I mean, it's almost like the Egyptian culture. You know, it's almost like we got Egypt chasing us, but you know what? They're going to drown. And we're taking everything that was back here that we borrowed, it ended up being ours. And so when we come into these moments like this, it's so important that we recognize, because even in ministry, we got to recognize, are you arriving or departing? Because there's a difference. If you are dealing with somebody that's arriving like they're departing, we got problems. Mm -hmm. I'm going to flip it back to my host. Come on. See, cause see now, see he's starting to preach, and I can feel it. <laughs> I'm starting to preach. But you that when you when you say that, so even going back to what you said about just sitting at the table, we don't sit at the table anymore. We don't break, like you said, our pace is so fast, and we believe that that is the way. That's the, we have normalized this pace of life to keep up with everything and everyone, and the power really is and I'm being able to sit because communication is more than just one way, right? Yeah. If you are a good communicator, it's because you're a good listener, Good, right? That's you're a so good, good listener. Apostle. And so when I'm hearing you say is that you've been listening. Yes. You've been listening and you've been hearing what, what is coming forth out of people, being able to identify when you say that difference between arriving and departing. Cause I want you to talk a little bit yeah. more about that because we don't oftentimes speak that to to people. We oftentimes find it's just it's um, you know just mold over that like everyone is in the same place in the same space. And so when you hear things, it's it sounds like well that could be me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but what do you? How do you identify for people when you're in this midst of communicating to them? How are you able to know the difference or even share it with others to know the difference? I think it goes back to the impartation piece. Um, Because when you slow down, you get impartation, right? Um, I have watched people for years in services where God was setting it up to make a deposit and they moved. What do you mean by that? They moved, they moved, they they stopped worshiping. They started looking around. They right quit at the praying moment. right at the moment. Yes. Like I, it's so it's so scary today, Apostle, oh, that when I look at people sometimes I'd be like, you was this close. Oh, yes. But all of this, Ooh. this, these things that we have been bamboozled by. Yeah. And and this is the reason why our foundations are not as solid. We, Because you got to, in order to get an impartation, you got to be still. Psalms 46 and 10 said, be still and know no. that he is God. Not guess. Come on. Yes. Not wonder. <laughs> you got to know it. Impartation makes you know. Yes. But when you don't have impartation, you get confused easily. Easily. And God is not the author of confusion. He said everything must be done with decency and in order. I have watched people be ambitious for stuff that they won't process for. Woo. Now, see? I mean, ambitious beyond what you could ever think about it. You look at them and you say, you are not arriving. You are departing. Oh, my God. You think you are arriving, but you ain't even went through half of the process. 
Because we don't like that word. We don't like that don't word. Like that word. That's the process. reason why I wrote this book, He Healed Me to Heal Me. Uh-huh. And that's the reason why when I start my episodes, I'm going to walk through each chapter. Because yeah. I recognize as I was unpacking this with my mentees, that there was so much substance in there that people missed. Yes. That I am the product of impartation. Mm-hmm. I am the product of men and women of God that labored to get something and I respected it enough to be honorable enough to draw it in my direction. And so because I drew it in my direction, I am a product. And many people would say things like this, but you, you have a mix in there. You're like a mutt. But the truth be told, that's the problem with the church today because we don't understand the power of community. Come on. There are a multiplicity of come, people come that on. pour into you when your capacity yes. is big. Come on. When you got little capacity, you got little teachers. Come. But when you got big capacity, Come you got on. many instructors. Yes, you can have 10,000 instructors, yes. few fathers. Very few. And we don't yes. even want one. Come on. Come on. We want them to platform us, though. Apostle. See. And that's the reason See. why I knew when, when, when you and I started talking and we were in the same room and you and I were glued to the man of yes. God as he was pouring into us. And I looked at you and you looked at me and I knew that's my sister right yes, there. Lord. I didn't even know you were a soul care yeah. strategist. I didn't even know God had been See, dealing with you God. on soul care. Yes. Because soul care was my thing. I didn't know. And I realized in that moment, Apostle, I said, God is connecting kingdom people that have been laboring in the vineyard for a long time with no recognition. God has taken us from the field to the forefront. We are wilderness babies, but we carry glory. We carry glory. Now see, y'all should be clapping way harder than that. Was that one just for me? That one may have been just for me. But when, my God. All right. So now, you know, that was so powerful. Really, that was powerful. Like that was a, a full, full course meal. When we think about what's happening now, when you talk about this book, many people move outside. Many people move outside of the space and place of God, the timing of God. And it is because in the world, the world has been taught to grind. And now that's transferred itself into the church. And the church now is on the grind, right? Believers are on the grind thinking that we have to go after something instead of knowing that God brings us to something. And so when you talk about impartation, so in that very moment that you and I, we were sitting in the room with Apostle, that moment was not about grabbing after something, going after a platform or going after anything. That moment was a moment to be still, receive the impartation, right? And know that after it was done, it was going to impact and transform your life. Like we we said, if you if you don't say nothing else, nothing if you don't else. do nothing else, then I'm good, oh, right? <laughs> I'm talking about sitting there knowing, and that's the difference, knowing how to receive the impartation that we are given. So when you talk about that being still, we haven't been able. Anytime you're going through a surgery, you got to be still, right? Yes. And so when we think about what 
what is happening now and what God is using you to do, even when you talk about the book. Now, I know I'm, we're skipping ahead, but when, when we're talking about the book, I am excited about the book. I am glad to know you are re-releasing it, right? Yeah. And, and glad to hear, because that story is many people's story. Yeah. But when you don't know that you're hidden, yeah. you can't be healed. Yeah. Right. When you don't yeah. know that God's work and his plan and his journey, yeah. right, that he takes you through, it's not about, I always tell people, nobody has the power to stop what God has set it's in saying. place. Nobody. I don't care who it is, a leader, a preacher, nobody has the power to stop what God can do or wants to do except us. Except us. So if we understand, and I, we're going to talk about the book, but I want you to tell your story, and then we're going to talk about this book. But when we think about what you've gone through in the journey, I've read some of the, the, the writing that you wrote about the book, your story, your journey, right? Because many of us will despise our humble beginnings, despise the way in which God brought us up, and think that God will waste our time, our pain, Right, our suffering, our struggle. One thing I heard somebody say, God don't waste oil. He don't waste, he oil. Don't waste oil. So nothing is wasted. So I want you to tell, because somebody needs to know that what they are going through, even what they've gone through in this pandemic and all of the things that, that God has a plan. So I want you to tell a bit about yourself, your, your, your story a bit. I am just a country boy from Farmerville, Louisiana, that God came and got. Wow. You know, and I think that people want to be large so bad mm. that they despise small. And the Bible says, despise not the day of small beginnings. Yes. You cannot despise small beginnings. Whatever God starts, he also finishes. Yes. He's not just the author, but he's the finisher of our faith. Yes. And so as we walk this thing out, and I remember God coming to get me out of that club that night. And it was a relaunch because I had given my life to God at the age of 16 and I had backslid. And for four and a half years, oh. I, I was as a vagabond in the world. People knew I didn't fit. I couldn't mm. fit into any circle. They said, you need to go back here? in there. You were doing so much better. My mom yeah. even told me, she was like, you was my way in. Wow. Like I was watching you and you came back out here. Wow. And it was so scary for me to be out there for that four and a half years. But God saw about me. And I tell you what, I tried to commit suicide, uh, Apostle Angel. I tried to commit suicide two times. And they put me in a crazy house for it. And so I was in a crazy house. And this is what people don't know. Because when people see you hit the scene, like they seen Elijah hit the scene, they think you came out of nowhere. And sometimes even the fathers of today and the mothers of yeah. today, because they don't know your story, yeah. they try to sit you to the side like you're not important. Yes. But the truth be told is that when God has his hand on you, it did not start when you hit the stage. It started behind the scenes. Yes. And the way that God took me, he took me through the long way. Like he did the children of Israel. Yes. It was a three days journey, but they needed to go around. Around. Come on. You can't go this way. And so I watch people mm. go the short way. Yes. I see them all the time. <laughs> they want the anointing. They want the glory. Yes. Listen, Dr. Diggs. They want the power. Yes. They want the strategy, mm. but they take the short road. Come on. You can't get that on a short road. <laughs> 
they will get a prophecy and tomorrow try to walk it out. Yes. And I waited on the Lord, mm. Apostle. The Bible says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he'll strengthen your heart. Yes. I waited on the Lord. I tarried. I fasted. Yes. I believed God. And I didn't believe him for a stage. My wife would tell you, yes. I wanted God. Yes. And so I spent yeah. time in the word. Yes. I spent time in houses where little were poured. Mm. I spent I spent 12 years in one house. And I wasn't a cheerleader. Mm. I wasn't somebody sitting in the congregation hoping I make it. I wasn't trying to be discovered. Yes. I wanted God. And so I'm sitting here today, whether people like it or not, because yes. I waited on him. Awesome. I took a hit and kept on taking yes. I didn't have church hurt like most people. Help. Most people have church hurt because they are going after something God didn't tell them it was time Ooh. for. You hurt because it ain't your time. And we suffer from a spirit of rejection yes. because we want what we want and we want it now. Mm. That's why we'll skip service, but then still want to be platformed. Many people will try to come on a platform and they don't even come to Bible study. Yeah. Yes. I was in Bible study every Wednesday night. Every. My wife would tell you, come on here. Every Wednesday. Good God Almighty. I was serving <laughs> faithfully. Yes. Behind the scenes, not in the front. Because you know, folks are serving now. Yeah. Give me a mic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let everybody see we what's see. on my life. Yes. And so, Apostle, the spirit of rejection mm. has been so strong on so many people. Yes. There is no, this is what we call sonship, spiritual mm. fathers, spiritual mothers. Mm. Sonship is you and God first. Come on. You Wait. can't be no son to me if you ain't been one to God. You can't be no daughter to me if you ain't been one to God. Come on, Apostle. We chase people based upon their status. Yes. And that's why we miss God. Yes. Because if you chasing them, you ain't in place yes. when God come to put oil on your head. Yeah. David, where are you? Samuel can't find you if you running after somebody mm. else. Mm. Mm. You talking real good. Okay, see? Look, I want, I want us to hear, when you said Israel coming out of Egypt, and I hear a lot of times, and we oftentimes hear this, when people say it took Israel 40 years to do what they could have done in a few days. The thing about it is God never intended them to finish it in a few days. He really didn't. Right? That was never his intent because they weren't ready. They weren't ready. He said, I'm getting ready to bring you into a land of promise, full of milk and honey, but it's got some enemies there. <laughs> and you've been in this captivity and you don't know how to fight. You don't know how to use not one weapon because you ain't had one. All you know how to do is make straw, right? All you know how to do is make bricks. You don't know how to war. But where I'm getting ready to take you, my Lord, you're going to have some stuff to war against <laughs> in Ooh. order for you to obtain it. And so when you say that people jump the broom of their process, they have no idea man might applaud you, they may platform you, but when them devils come. Listen, I'm sorry, charisma forgive me. When them devils come, when your opposition come, when that devil show up in your house, when that devil start messing with your money, your mind, and your body, because you didn't stay in the process so you can learn how to war for what is your 
said, it could take you a few days, but if I let you go through it in a few days, it's going to kill you before you make it to the promise. So allow me to process you. We have taken on in the body, and I'm hearing because I'm hearing it coming out of you constantly. <laughs> we have taken that spirit on in the body of making something happen. Yes. Making yeah. something happen. So when you sit and you and you talk, that's why your book is so powerful. When you're talking about the process, the process, and embracing the process and the timing of God. Everybody in the book. It took them at least 20 to 40 years. Jesus Christ. Everybody. Hmm. So when you say, I didn't show up overnight, my process has been in place and has been happening. The moment where God then reveals may look like it came out of nowhere. But the journey, that's what people need to hear. That's what people need to sit down long enough to hear you tell how you serve for the amount of time you did and how you stay committed and the depth of your relationship. Cause I, I want you to talk a bit more about that sonship and I know what time, what time we work. We got 20 okay. <laughs> so when you talk about the sonship, because we're taught now sonship is more about networking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you say your sonship to Christ first, to the Lord first, and then possibly unto men talk a bit about what your journey into sonship with God what was that like for you and how did you know when you had finally accepted your sonship with God that made it so that you can be where you are today yeah I think um God says that you know he's a father to the Yes. And me losing my father and not having my father in the house and my mom raising yeah. me and my my brother and my sister. Uh, when when I started my relationship with God, the presence of God was all, it showed up so strong. You know, I often tell people that you, you can go through a Hosanna period for about 10 years. Yeah. You can go through a Hosanna period for about 10 years, yes. right? And Hosanna is, it seems like God opened doors for you. Like no yeah. man can yeah. shut these doors and God favors you and you, you own everything. You got the right connections, you network. Yes. And then you hit a place where God yeah. says, I can't let this go on like this because you are serving me for what I'm doing mm -hmm. for you. Yes. And because you feel me, so yes. you're not disciplined in this yes. area. It's just that you feel my presence. And anytime you don't feel my presence, you go into caves, yes. you run away, you don't want to walk with me anymore. You stop walking with people because that that's the space where God said, now I want to dig you out. Yes. And that's the place where God began to take me into this place. And he told me something. He said, you know, it's the same way with spiritual fathering and people, uh, you know, because people choose their spiritual fathers based on status, yes. not based upon the depth of what they carry and the impartation that they release to you. Yes. And so God told me a long time ago when he gave me my spiritual father, he said he's your spiritual father to eternity until you die, not till he die. He your spiritual father to me. And I said, what does that mean? He said, because you will be guided through the gospel of his ministry. He said, so just like Paul told Timothy, this is the way it is. Yeah. And so he began to say to me, the reason why you're not offended by him, the reason why you don't get in your feelings about him is because this is a spiritual thing. Come on. You didn't choose him because of stardom. Yeah. 
And yeah, when you came, he was already on the scene, but you didn't choose him based upon that. He said, you didn't choose him. I chose him for you. So he can't run you off and you're not going to run off. So he said, there's an impartation for you in this house. If you will sit still long enough, I'll make you what you see. And I sat still. I didn't care what people said about yes. me. I didn't care that when I took off running in the congregation, I looked like a boy that was wet behind Come the on. ears. And I really didn't. I really, I looked zealous. They said zeal. That's zeal right there. You know how they do it. Yes. They said it was zeal, but it wasn't zeal. Yes. It was passion. It was God driving me into my purpose. They didn't know I was running out of molestation. They didn't know I was running out of trauma. They, they didn't know I was I was running out of fatherlessness. Yes. They, they didn't know. I wasn't running to a platform. It's just that running from what I was in drove me to the platform. Come on. That's powerful. It's the fire behind yes. me that put me on the platform. Yes. That's why brokenness couldn't take me off the platform. That's why hurt, Nothing. difficulty in our marriage. Yes. Sherry and I have been married for, what, going on 21 years? Yes. We've been together 21 years. We've been married for 20 years. You know how many times the devil tried to throw a fire and say, yes. this is it? Yes. I was over there on that floor as I was worshiping, mm -hmm. and I said, I thank you for this woman that stood with me. And God, I thank you that you graced me to stand with her. That there are many times that we could have ran away from this. There are many times that we, we did not look like to each other yes. what God said we would look like. And we stood. But the problem is, is that the minute that people see something that does not line up with what they saw, they run. Yeah. You don't get the opportunity to get an oak tree without an acorn. <laughs> so now they see men as oak trees. Yeah. That's somebody else's husband. You want him because he made. Mm. That's somebody else's ministry. Mm -hmm. You want it because it's made. But you didn't want it when it was that seed. You didn't want it when right? it was seed. <laughs> you know, so I say this, you know, to say, Apostle, that there are so many people getting ready to come into their future. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In the room, listening online, mm -hmm. listening at Charisma, yes. and everywhere this podcast is, yes. there are people that are getting ready to tap yes. into a deeper level of discipleship. Yes. This surface stuff in the church is not working anymore. It's the not. pandemic shined the light on oh it. Either you want God or you don't. Right. Absolutely. You step in or you ain't. Ain't no platforms no more. Mm. No, Everybody not. got a minor yeah. ministry. <laughs> That's the truth. And we we have got to come into a place where we want God more than we yeah. want what we see. And I, I truly believe that God drove us here. He drove us. He drove us to this place to remove all of the fluff. And this is why people such as yourself are being raised up for such a time as now. Because he set us down, made us be still, made us listen. Listen, because when you when we are in the places that we are in, you seeking, you trying to get some answers. And God is saying, now that you're listening, now that I have your attention, let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. Greetings, my friend. Greetings. Salutations. <laughs> are you ready for your impartation? Okay? The time is now. Apostle, I know you're hosting this. I was thinking about something, though. When me and you were talking that time at that table on the outside by the pool, mm -hmm. 
And I said, Apostle, I just feel like that, you know, this opportunity has come to me. You know, yeah. it came months before I before I moved in into it. And yeah. people didn't even know because I never posted. Because God started showing me something. And my wife would say it all the time, don't post so much. Mm. But God had to speak to me. Yeah. And God said something to me that's so dynamic. God said, start moving in silence. Mm. He said, I want you to give me about 90 days to just move in silence. <laughs> he said, I want that podcast for you. But do you know that there are a lot of people that don't? Uh, he see. said, some of them are right around you and you don't even know. He said, but if you move in secret, they don't know what to attack. They don't know what your next step is. Yes. And God began to say to me, he said, I'm going to launch this podcast. So when I was talking to you mm -hmm. that day and I thought about it, I said, it's got to be first with Apostle Angela. And I told you, I yes. said, we doing this the first yes. and I, it was three, four months later. Yes. But I said, we doing this. You know why? Because I knew that mm -hmm. Apostle, we have got to make the plea for soul care. Yes. And I know you like me. Mm -hmm. It means God digging us deeper. Yes, he is. It means that he deal with stuff mm -hmm. in us where he shines stuff and we be like, well, you let that person get away with all that and you're going to get away spec, with nothing. You? And he said, no, no, no. No. Mm -mm. no. You can't help people with their soul yes. if you don't let me help you with yours. Come on. Come on. And that that aspect of soul care, because we going to talk about that, because it's funny that that's missing in the church where Christ died for the souls of men, but we don't talk nothing about the soul. We don't know anything about the soul. So when we met, when you said that, he's like, I'm a soul care. I'm like, what? We hadn't seen, we had seen <laughs> each other. So we had never nothing. met each other. And I'm like, this cannot be, because I, I didn't have an Elijah moment. I, I didn't say I was alone. I just didn't know anybody, right? <laughs> I'm sitting here like, I cannot believe it. And we come to a whole nother state from different states to now meet each other and to know that this is a work that God is working in us. I, I don't know about you, but I went through so much just even announcing that this is what the Lord called. When I tell you, they call me all kinds of, all kinds of, right? So I'm sure that when you entered into this space to go into inner healing, into the depths of the souls of men, it is not an easy place to go. I'm military, so I'm like, that's trench work. <laughs> Apostle, um, it hit every aspect oh. of my life. My marriage, my children, my mind. Yeah. Because when you deal with the soul, you deal with the mind, the will, and the intellect. Like, you can't go past it. And God didn't tell us mm -hmm. to work out our spirit. But in church, that's all they want to work out. That's why they get sleepy when you start talking about stuff like that. Because you are to work out your soul's salvation with fear and, and trembling, trembling. Not yes, your spirit. Lord. That's taken care of. Can you say that? Say that one more time. Is the is the so, spirit so okay? So soon as soon, soon as the ruach hit the room and it hit your spirit, of course you you jumping, you crying, you shouting, you falling yes. before you sliding. But you got to get up and not work out your spirit. You got to get up and work out that suitcase. Yes. You got to work out those conditions in you that have held you trapped for so Come long. On. So the anointing don't release you. That's why you can't shout it. Shout you can't it shout out. this out. It, it destroys the yoke. Come on. And it, but the anointing—you gotta have more than the anointing. You could be anointed. You anointed devil. 
What do you mean by that, Apostle? I know what it's like to be anointed and still be fallen. I know what it's like to be anointed and still be in cycles. Yes. I know what it's like to preach you on the, the, the pew and then go home and struggle. Come on. Bad. Yes. No safe places, no rooms to no, talk about it. Not. Apostle, what enabled me to launch into this season right here is God gave me a team. I'm not talking about a ministerial team. Come on. God gave me a team for me. Yes. Yes. Men of God. Come on. It's about five of them. Again, I'm moving in silence. It's about five men, and they are men that are movers and shakers. Yes. But they take time with me. Yes. They pour into me. They speak to me, yes. not to my spirit, because I got that. You... I'm a son, so I got that. But my soul has been tormented for so long from memories from my yes. past of what happened to me. Yes, You need a father to push that out of you. And so God began to show me when he, he put these men around me and these women of God. Yes, God. He began to show me, he said, "Don't I know you're excited because you're honorable. Mm. I know you want to say it every time and speak about it. Mm. But I want you to keep silent because what I am doing in yes. you, yes. I am preparing you not for the church, but for the world. Because the world is in trouble. Yes. Church, you just in transition. Oh, You ain't say, in trouble. Say that one more time. You in transition. Come on. The children of Israel wasn't in trouble. They were in transition. Yes. But if you get tied down in your mind to think that you are in trouble, you will be like their fathers. They died in the wilderness yes. and left fatherless children mm. to be worked out by somebody else. Yes. Joshua and Caleb has to deal with a fatherless generation because their fathers stopped believing. Yes. It, what they were doing was not mixed with faith. Mm. And we have people in church that don't believe none of what you're preaching. Nothing. You know what? Because they took no time to cultivate what you are preaching. It's just what you said. Their Bible don't open until Sunday. And it's on their phone. They get a text while they read. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't do the work anymore. This is why soul care is needed and why God is raising you up now. Because we have been taught to shout over it, praise over it, speak in tongues over it, lie on the altar, and puke it up and we get up and we think we're good because we have had a spiritual encounter but the soul it still walks away your mind ain't shifted okay your emotions haven't shifted your soul have not found its rest in god because in these last four minutes i want to say something i was thinking about this because you also have like this is what um I realize because you can have deliverance ministers, and I know this new thing is that's come through this regime of deliverance ministers mm -hmm. where, you know, people just get it out of you. Yeah. And you know, I went through a season where I felt like I needed a deliverance minister, and I and I had people pray over me. They need to get it out something wrong. And God began to show me, you don't have no demon. God messed me up. I said, wait a minute, God. I know I feel something that just won't leave me alone. God said, you don't have no demon. Mm. You have underdeveloped, an underdeveloped soul. Come on. <laughs> he said, you want somebody to cast out what you need to work out. Come on, sir. 
See, you can't be signing. We only got and a few can't, minutes. And they can't get your you, soul out of you. They cannot. They cannot. And, and he said, you ain't going to run from that. He and said, and so then personal. when he opened my eyes, Pastor, I looked around the church and I said, most of what we call ourselves casting out ain't even the devil. It's not the devil. That's why we get up the same. That's why we get up the same. Yeah, you confused because they don't pray something in you. Yeah. I'm trying because I know this is expensive. I'm trying not to, to drop it. Did you, what? God told me I don't ever want to see you doing that again. Come on. God said, me and you have been so intimate for so many years. Mm-hmm. How dare you disrespect me mm-hmm. like that? How dare you think that something is there when you are with me daily? You are not operating in on that presence. Mm. This is manifested presence. Come on. You are with me, with me. Yes. You have not taken the time. The same thing that took you out of that place of destruction. Come on. Is the same thing that's taking you into the promised land. Take your eyes off. Jesus never chased demons. He encountered them. Yes, he did. And tell them where to go. So we have a we, we have a whole generation. Mm. They demon chasers, but they ain't Bible thumpers. No, they're not. No. And what and what they end up doing is releasing a spirit of torment. I know we done. Releasing a spirit of torment. Because what is it like to sit and go through the process of being delivered to walk away? And in your own mind and heart, you know you still the same. Then you ask yourself, then what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What kind of demons do I have? So you are tormented because now you can't tell the people it didn't work because now why didn't it work? I don't have no faith, right? I don't believe God or this thing is much bigger or stronger than you imagine it to be. Or I got to tell that preacher, your oil didn't work, right? Right? But if you don't understand that it starts with sonship and whatever it is he feels, he drives out darkness. My, your relationship, the depth and intimate, this is why soul care is important. And it's, it's important for us to know the power of it because it will break some things off of you in your closet, in your kitchen, in your living room, and it don't have to be this is why we need to sit still long enough to hear you as you speak. This is why I'm excited for, for the charisma audience. I'm excited for this reach that God has given to you. I'm excited for this message that he is birthing in you and your courage to speak it, to teach it, and to tell people, sit down and let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. No shame. You talk about safe places. That's what's wrong. We don't have them. Because if you if you don't shout it out and act like you good, then everybody then judges you. But soul care says, sit down. We know the truth. We know the truth. We know the truth. We know the truth. So I'm excited for the audience that is going to hear your messages. I've heard you speak and mention, and I'm, it is so powerful. And your reach is so powerful and how it impacts people to say it's okay to make your confession. To say, here is where my soul has found its state. 
And so when you are here now reaching people, and I know we didn't get to talk about the book more, but I know we're in the middle of a re-release. Am I hearing it right? We are. Uh, releasing the book we are again. Tell us real quick. Give us yeah. real quick. Yeah. You, it's, it's re-releasing the book. We know he hid me to heal me. Yeah, I'm excited about it. We did add some content to the book. Okay. And so I'm excited about re-releasing it. Uh, what really was the catalyst for me to relaunch the book, Apostle, is when I started, I had have this, uh, what we call Padawan the Jedi. Mm-hmm. They, they, some of them are in the room. Come on, some of them. We ain't going to tell y'all who they are because we're moving in silence. Okay. But, right. um, but right. some of them are in the room, and, and some of them are close to their 12th month. And I started out, Apostle, walking through that book and God started just showing me. He was like, even for me, he mm-hmm. said, the reason why you're relaunching this book because you're, it's almost like you're relaunching the momentum to get you to where I was taking you from the beginning. Wow. Because it takes courage, Apostle, mm-hmm. to get to. Because, listen, as lo- people will celebrate you as long as you're on their level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as you mm-hmm. stay where they can in mm-hmm. that box, mm-hmm. as long as they comfortable mm-hmm. with saying mm-hmm. you ain't, who, you think you more than such mm-hmm. and much, and all mm-hmm. this stuff that people mm-hmm. think and say and feel that you can feel coming from yes. them, even while when they, they while they smiling, you know we got it. So, so look at this. Yeah. God began to say to me. He said, "I want you to relaunch this book." He said, "But I'm gonna take Padawan the Jedi, and I'm gonna make you a Master Jedi." And he said, "The only issue with me making you a Master Jedi, you gotta have the courage to stand up." You are not a little boy anymore. Oh. Your oldest is 23. Oh. You, 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 you're getting ready to be 41. Oh. You are not a kid. Yeah. You don't need to be on the coattail of any leader that's oh. great right now. Oh, yes. I am trying to Stand elevate up. you yeah. to be something in this generation so you can leave a legacy. Yeah. You are not trying to move in destiny. So stop. You don't need a platform or a stage. You are the platform. So when he told me that, I said, okay, I'm going to stand up. He said, but watch the frowns of people that are around mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. He said, when you stand up, they're going to say who you think he is. Yes. You my equal. Yes. Where you going? Well, you can't pull me down because I'm a son. I'm a son. Man. Man. <laughs> wow. Well, can we give Apostle Antoine Braggs a good, good, good God bless you for what God is doing. So for those that are listening and watching this podcast, we are excited to present unto you the new podcast that is appearing on Charisma, called Salutations and Impartations. All right? So if you are listening, you can catch this podcast every Wednesday starting in October. So I know it's on so many major platforms. So we are excited to find it on cpnshows.com, Lipson RSS, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. Come on, somebody, and let's celebrate what is taking place. Amen. So, Apostle Grace, we celebrate you. We are excited and we bless this work and we know that many lives, families, communities, and nations will be blessed because God raised you up at this time. So I honor you, I bless you, and I cannot wait to see how far God is going to take you. I am honored to have been here. My name is Apostle Angela Tebow, and I am...
Come on and celebrate my sister real quick. This is my sister for real. <laughs> Come on and celebrate her. And